Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Green Beige Podcast. AJ, how are you doing, sir? I'm very well, sir. Very well. Very well. Can't, can't, can't say much more than that. I'm very well. How, how about yourself? I'm just glad that a long work day is over and I don't have to think about work until tomorrow. We can just talk about some football and have some fun. Makes sense. Love that. So in today's episode, we are going to look at some injuries and some folks who are still battling with some injuries in our Who Do You Trust segment. But as always, we like to go off the rip. And this week, there was a lot of preseason football that continued this weekend. We had a full slate of games that played from Friday until Monday. AJ, did you catch any of these games? No, I most certainly did not. I won't even like you. I was on the go for the majority of the weekend. I did not get to catch a thing. I saw a few scores, but mm-hmm. in terms of actual action, no. And well, saw some comments on, on some games, yeah. Well, I mean... Like I said, there was a full slate of games. I'll just run out through the scores very quickly. Mm-hmm. The Patriots curb stomped the Eagles 35 to nothing. The Washington football team, they beat the Bengals 17-13. The Chiefs took down the Cardinals 17-10. The Bills, surprisingly, also curb stomped Bears 41-15. to That was a bit of a homecoming for one. Mitchell Trubisky. The Jets... Took down the Packers 23 to 14. The Dolphins beat the Falcons 37 to 17. The Ravens beat the Panthers 20 to 3. The Steelers 26 to 20 over the Lions. The Titans beat the Buccaneers 34 to 3. The Texans beat the Cowboys in the Battle of Texas 20 to 14. The Colts over the Vikings 12 to 10. Raiders beat the Rams 17 16. The Broncos smoked the Seahawks 30-3. The Browns beat the Giants 17-13. The Chargers lost to the 49ers 15-10. And then my Saints beat the Jaguars 23-21. So there are lots of interesting things or lots of interesting scores when we look at the preseason games that happened just this past week. But of course, it is the preseason. We have had teams that have done great in preseason and have not done very well when it came to the regular season. And then others who don't do as great in the preseason, but then they tend to get everything in order as the season progresses. Now, the one thing that I really wanted to speak on in relation to what happened in these preseason games was my Saints. I figured as much. Of course. Because, AJ, it looks like we could potentially. Now, of course, there is a caveat that it was against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are not known to be a stronghold or a a stalwart team in the NFL. And again, it's the preseason. Nobody is out here playing really 100%, especially not the starters, because... Starters are making sure that they're going to be ready when the regular season kicks off in two weeks. Right, right. But that said, Jameis Winston, 
as I have been constantly saying, if he does not win this quarterback competition, he should retire because there's no way that he should be in any competition with Taysom Hill. And Marquez Callaway is looking like if he is going to be the guy for the Saints, at least until Michael Thomas comes back. Because I don't know if you saw it, but I saw the replay of that beautiful 40-yard touchdown. Through I saw that one play at least. I did see that one play at least. It, that was all over the place. I couldn't, I couldn't not see it. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. As I've always said, Jameis Winston is not a bad quarterback. It is just that he has not taken proper care of the football. Yeah, yeah. And coming into last season, they said that Jameis had to get some um, eye surgery because apparently he couldn't see that well. So his eyesight is better. He sat for a year behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and an excellent offensive-minded head coach. I am cautiously optimistic. I'm not as gung-ho as some of my Saints brethren, but I'm cautiously... One in particular who we saw in, 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 uh, uh, that we shared in the chat, yeah. I know yeah, him. he who is ready to set bets. I'm sure <laughs> that there are those out there who will be willing to take said bets to take his money. I am not there yet, but I am cautiously optimistic to see what we can do with James Winston at quarterback because we didn't look bad last year, except that our quarterback kind of held us back. And now we have a quarterback who's able to stretch the field, push the ball down the field, and that then is going to open up lots of things on the intermediate and the underneath. I am I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful now than I was before that the Saints can be a contending team for 2021. I knew this was coming. I, I'll, I'll be fair to you now. You know how I usually speak about your team, but I will save that for the regular season. Admittedly, right? And I think we've been on the same page here. I, like, I don't hold anything against James Winston. I think I've always thought he's a very productive quarterback. Hell, I've drafted a man more than once in my fantasy league, right? <laughs> I think he's productive. We, we agree that his main issue is that he, he just hasn't taken care of the football enough, right? But the fact of the matter is the man has led the league already in touchdowns. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he led them in picks. So I, I, he, 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 can give you both, he can give you both sides, the, the plus and the minus. But um, I, looking at that play, I was, I was really impressed because like you said, it is, it is something that was a bit of an Achilles heel for you guys, especially last year. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that dynamic works with him this year. Because, I mean, you know he's going to throw some of them deep. Some will connect, some won't. But how many? <laughs> hopefully for your sake, he connects more than he doesn't. Um, but it's, I think it's interesting to see. And this shouldn't even be a quarterback battle. Like I, Sean Payton just trying to make it more than is to the media, you know, this is Jameis' job. No, nobody just wants to come out and say it this early, but it's Jameis' job. It's Jameis' job. I believe, honestly, I believe where Sean Payton is concerned is that the later he can announce that Jameis is a starting quarterback, mm -hmm. it causes the Green Bay Packers to have to 
not necessarily game plan directly for Jameis for multiple weeks. He would like to run this down as late as possible because we've had, remember, we had this situation last season when Drew got hurt and we didn't know who was going to start until like the very last moment because he didn't want the teams that we were playing against to then have the opportunity to game plan and put things in place to limit Taysom Hill. So, and it it is not as if to say that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are the same kind of quarterback. Hmm. They're far, far apart. So the the kind of game plan that you put in place for Jameis will not work against Taysom Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So the longer and the later he can slow roll this and, and push this out, then chances are everything will work out hopefully in our favor and of course you know next week is the last show we have before the season starts so we are then going to preview the season we're going to look at the divisions we're going to pick who we think is going to win and of course we will continue to look at the news and happenings in the nfl now at this point too i just want to stick a pin and remind everyone that Last week, we started our brand new fantasy show, the Green Beige Fantasy Spot, that is going to come on Thursdays, where this show comes on Wednesdays, so you get to see us twice a week. And on top of saying this twice a week, then there's also the Green Beige Fantasy League. We're still looking for team owners, for managers, so that we can get the league scheduled, so reach out, let us know if you're interested. It will be on the ESPN platform and check out the Green Beige Fantasy Spot because that is where you'll get a lot more information. And of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell so you know every time an episode drops, be it this show or the Fantasy Spot. So AJ, Last week, we we had a conversation where we made mention of one Josh Rosen. And I made a statement that when I went back and I checked, I was not completely correct. I was not being fair to one Josh Rosen. And I wanted to come back and correct said statement. I said (laughs) that Josh Rosen had not played, had not started. 16 games yet in his career. I was incorrect. Josh Rosen has started exactly 16 oh, games wow, really? in his career. Yes. He started okay. 13 games with the Cardinals in that first right. season. And then he started three more games for the Dolphins the following season. Yes. So Josh Rosen in his now fourth year in the league and he is now on his fifth team in the league has played 16 games has started 16 games for two teams and his fifth team in the league is now the Atlanta Falcons because AJ McCarron he has an injury he picked up an injury in the preseason game this weekend and he is done for the year. So oh, not bad. Yes, he is he is completely out of commission. So Josh Rosen has he's actually beat out quarterbacks for this potential shot at the being the backup 
in Atlanta because one of the names that was mentioned that was also brought in for a workout before it seems that Josh is getting this position was one Robert Griffin the third who oh he's back on the he's back on <laughs> Uh, in free agency. Yes, he is out uh, there looking for work. Yes, how far uh, the mighty have fallen. Indeed. indeed. So, yeah, so Josh Rosen, he is now with the Falcons. The Falcons, I am sure, are hoping that Josh Rosen does not do anything more than wear a baseball cap all season. But who knows? It could be that the Falcons have their quarterback of the future because, you know, there was lots of speculation about Matt Ryan and if he was going to be traded or what was going to happen. So maybe they could be viewing Josh as the cheap heir apparent to Matt Ryan if they decide to move on from him at the end of the season. Only time will tell. But we, we shall see. We shall see. Now, one of the other big stories to come out of the preseason this weekend is Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne was the running back drafted out of Clemson, the 25th pick in the NFL draft of this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was going to be, or he was considered to be a great running mate for his, well, former starting and continue to be starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Now, Travis Etienne is out for the year as well. Travis Etienne, he suffered a Liz Frank injury, which is severe enough that he needs to have surgery. The Jaguars put him on IR, the injured reserve, and he is out for the year. So AJ, when you hear that Etienne is out, what are your first thoughts? I don't know why, but my, my thoughts always firstly go to Urban Meyer. And the fact that he, he's now in charge of this organization and nothing has gone right. Like, I, I obviously didn't watch the game, but and so I don't know how we got the injury. I just saw, obviously, the headlines. And he was one of the players I was looking forward to seeing as well. I mean, this, this was one of those years I, I was really into college football, right? I, I won't mm-hmm. lie to you. So there are a, a number of these players who have been who were highlighted all through the season that I was looking forward to seeing. Um, But yeah, I mean, while I did feel a little bit of sadness for him, I mean, you hate when it happens to to a rookie before he even gets to, to, before he even gets to carry a ball in earnest down for the season, you know? And and it's it's a lot to come back from from an injury mentally, especially when it, it, it takes you out for an entire season. So, my heart goes out to him. I wish him all the best in his recovery. But my mind went to Urban Meyer and just what else can really go wrong for the Jaguars? <laughs> what else can really go wrong? I mean, to be fair to Urban, this wasn't his fault. However, it just is, it, everything's are just spiraling out of control. Whether it's his fault or not, the Jaguars are just, they're just exemplifying what we know that organization to have become within the last couple of seasons. From being in the AFC Championship and what was it? The, the 2017 season to now here we are here we are and it it the stuff just hitting the fan man yeah so i i didn't necessarily go to urban meyer immediately when i heard this news because urban is urban 
and we and not just us but it seems lots of pundits do not have high hopes for Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer's Jaguars this season. And you know how I feel about that, so yeah, of course. But the the my my other thing was that when you look at Etienne himself and where he was going to fit within that offense, like there was talking about using Etienne in a similar fashion, like how the Saints use Alvin Kamara. Kamara yeah. That means that you're going to be a big part of the offense. And yeah. I mean, to be to to be fair, to be honest, they haven't really used Etienne that much in preseason. Um, mm. he had one rush for one yard and one caught pass for three yards before exiting in the second quarter because of this injury against my Saints. Mm -hmm. Before that, he had um minimal participation in the previous game as well. I was trying, I saw it earlier, but I'm not seeing it right now. So when you when you take all of that into consideration. They haven't really used him that much in the flow of their offense. Now, it could be that they're just trying to hide him and trying to disguise what they're planning on doing going forward because it is the preseason and nobody is doing anything at this point in time that they are probably going to try to depend on when it comes to week 17. Everyone right now is just doing the very basic of basics and, you know, you're looking at situational stuff. So we don't know how big this is going to be for their offense going forward. But for Trevor Lawrence, where he was supposed to be the security blanket, he was supposed to be the guy that he was accustomed to. He was comfortable having him on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Not having him now is going to be a challenge. And Trevor Lawrence yeah. has not exactly set the world on fire in the preseason either. Mm. So... That's something definitely that we will have to monitor. We'll have to watch. And of course, there'll be lots of jokes that will come more than likely on the, on the back of yeah, the Jaguars. Of course. Of course. Yeah. One, wait, one, one thing I do want to add to that, because this actually came to my mind, and this, this was going to be a part of my final thought for this week, but I ended up getting something else. But is one thing that did come to my mind too when I saw that injury was just the fact that some of, oh, some of these younger running backs are going down like at, at this stage right because um because outside of outside of, right so then i also saw today that deandre swift is in a very precarious situation and um what's his name dan campbell was was saying very uh, kind of matter of frankly that he doesn't know when he'll be available and even if he is he doesn't know how much production he'll get from him swift that is Another second-year second running back. <clears throat> we know that Cam Akers is done for the season. Um, another second year. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jeff Wilson from the Niners. Both mm -hmm. still without the timeline. They're not, they're not scheduled to... They're not expected to be out for the entire season, but both still without the timeline. Like, good promising young running backs, <laughs> especially we look to as like, kind of like the RB2s in our, in our fantasy league and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's just... So that's why I said, especially that my heart uh, kind of goes out a little bit to, kind of goes out. That sounds really. My heart goes out a bit to the young guys, who especially the the sophomore ones who were looking to take that step up this year. So mm -hmm. uh, that that was where my mind was at, which is why I was actually going to formulate that into my final thought. But I just thought I'd mention it here. 
The final call will be a little better than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And as you mentioned, DeAndre Swift, he does he has a groin injury. So they're not sure if he'll be back for week one or not. Right. But we will we will see. Right now, yeah. it seems like if injuries are dominating our um, our show for today. Boy. But but someone who is not injured, but just has not turned up as yet, is Larry Fitzgerald, and Larry Fitz legend, who has more tackles in his um, career than drops. Larry Fitzgerald, who's had some of the best hands. Ever to play in the NFL, and he is undecided as yet if he is coming back or not. And if you don't believe me, then I'll give you some of his words. Now I'm taking this from an article that is published on Yahoo Sports, and Larry said that he just doesn't feel the urge to play right now. He said, it's a completely new thing. I've never felt it before. That's why I just needed to take the time to make sure I was making a good, clear, conscious decision. And that's what was in my best interest. He was asked if he was just avoiding training camp. And he didn't say he wasn't. But he made it clear that any player who says he likes camp is telling you a bold-faced lie. Nobody likes it, he said. It's the toughest part of the year, but we all know and understand it's building blocks and the foundation to a great season. So at this point, AJ is looking like if this might be it for Larry Fitzgerald. So when you look at the Cardinals, how should they be looking at their prospects this season, especially if Fitzgerald does not come back? I mean, I think there's still like not having Larry is is obviously going to be a bit of a blow. Uh, but at this point, honestly, I feel like he was more of a dressing room presence and leader on the team as a not saying that he wasn't productive, but I think they knew his end was coming though. They really went and, and traded for DeAndre Hopkins, who has uh, you, you spoke about good hands, brother. You know, you know, you know the hops hands. Right. And and in addition, um in, in that wide receiver room, like there was what's the other guys is Christian Kirk, who at at, at moment showed like some some good passage of play last year. Um Isabella. Are, are, are they still even there or, or have they been? I don't think Kirk is still there. Okay. I'm, I'm actually looking on their site right now. And um so their their wide receiver room along with um DeAndre Hopkins is AJ Green, Andy Isabella, and Andre Baselia. I, I don't know him. He's the third stringer. But of course, right now that they have them listed as first string, second string, and third string. No, Hopkins is not mentioned here, but you know, when he comes in, he's going to immediately slot in as first string and everybody right. slides down. So right. it's it's really going to be him, AJ Green, and Andy Isabella that are the main guys for them heading into this season. Yeah, so as, as much as I think definitely it will be a blow losing somebody like like Fitz, um, I, I still think they're good in the division, to be quite honest. I still think they could they can be as good as they were last year or, or possibly win a game or two better. Because like I told you, I don't expect the Seahawks to be as great, 
Russ is going to be great. I don't know about that team. So I still think they have a chance in that division, to be quite honest. Um, AJ Green, we haven't seen the best of him for a few seasons, but if they could even get 80%, 70 to 80% of AJ Green, along with Nuke, who is going to be fit and who's going to be one of the best, the top five receivers in the league, I think they're still good. I think they're still good. So, like you said, I too believe that Fitzgerald is really more of a locker room presence. He's more of a, like a character and culture guy than he is as a top flight player still in the NFL. Now, the reason, one of the main reasons why I say that is when we look at his career, um, 2020 was a down year for him in every statistical category. Mm -hmm. So basically Fitz has had 100 receptions for, well, four seasons, three seasons back to back from 2015 to 2017. This year he had 54 catches. And that is down from 75 catches in 2019. His target share has fallen. He has not had less than 100 targets any season, except last season. He had 72. He's only had one season. Well, sorry, he had... No, he had three seasons because don't forget, Fitz is an old boy in this thing. He yeah. is, he's been in the league since 2004. And 2006, he played 13 games. 2007, he played 15 games. 2014, he played 14 games. This season, just passed, he played 13 games. He had, but even in those shortened seasons, he had 946 yards. He had lots of yards this season. He, this is. Yes, this is the first year he has not cracked 500 and he only had one touchdown. So what the numbers bring out is that while Fitz is still a useful part of the offense, 54 receptions for 409 yards is 7.6 yards per catch. His lowest amount as he has gone older and obviously he's working closer to the line of scrimmage. He's not beating anybody down the field. Fitz is still a great guy to have, but he is not the centerpiece of the offense. And like you said, bringing in um, Hopkins helps position them for the future. It just, we just have to wait and see if he actually does come back or if he continues to not come back. And we are hearing that the Cardinals are saying that basically we have a plan for if he does come, we have a plan if he doesn't show up. So that's what they're supposed to say, isn't it? So yeah, but you know, as I said last week, this is the period where just like heading into the draft, we're hearing a lot of lies. Is enough lies. So we shall see. We shall see what happens where Fitz is concerned. So now we are into who do you trust? Now, as I said before. This week, our show has been dominated with talk about injuries. And it's sad that we have so much injury stuff and to top flight players, um, top of the depth chart players that we are making mention of. But we, we, it is the nature of the beast. This is what happens in the NFL. People get hurt. And that's why they're fighting so hard to get more of this money. Now, AJ, we are going to start this week with someone that we also made, we had some fun at his expense last week. 
I've, I mean, we've been, I've been laughing at him for quite a while now, to be honest. And that is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is back in practice. I do not know if you've seen it, but he was out there prancing around like a nice young colt. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see any footage. Yeah, that's what he looks. He looks sprightly. He looks sprightly. He was he was okay. running around, and he okay. I mean he has a foot injury that he just had surgery on. So if he's running around, that should give people some measure of optimism. So it mm-hmm. is. Do you trust Carson Wentz? to actually be back for week one? At this point, I do. I, I, I think that what happened with that last injury scare would have uh, um, kind of set the course um, into a little, uh, maybe a little mini panic, sort of like, all right, because I, let, let's be quite honest, they need Wentz, they need Wentz to start in week one. Like Wentz is supposed to be that guy. They didn't necessarily like leverage the entire future for him, but at the same time, he's supposed to be like the miss. He was supposed to be the missing piece after Philip Rivers retired. I mean, yeah, they brought in Philip. He couldn't get the job done, but the team was supposed to be all right. Yeah, this is set. We just need a quarterback. You know what? Let's. Uh, we have Frank. Right, Frank. You want to give Carson Wentz another chance? Cool. So this is supposed to be his his team to lead, right? So he has to be ready. They they will want him to be ready. I think. I think that they are going to basically try to ease him back so that this potential injury doesn't happen. If, they are, if the question is if you'll be ready for week one, yes, I believe so. If you ask me about a full season, well, that's another discussion, but <laughs> <laughs> for week one, yes, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. So I, I agree. I agree. I'm actually being optimistic hmm. about Warren Carson Wentz. This, the team has been saying all along that they expect that he is going to be back for week one. When I saw him running in that video, I do not know if he immediately took his cleats off and put his foot in ice. They didn't show that. What they showed was him running on the field. He's working right. on conditioning stuff now. So mm-hmm. the anticipation is that he should be fit. He should be back. Mm-hmm. What happens, as you said, after week one, is completely up for the beat. We'll definitely be getting to that in weeks to come. We'll yes. Be, this is, that's not the end of the story. You know that's not the end of the story. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> look, we can actually put it like on a chart, on the wall, <laughs> and say how, weeks till weeks since Carson Wentz's last injury. And we know sooner or later it's gonna we're gonna just okay, wipe yeah. it off because it's just gonna reset. It's just we're just gonna start all over again. <laughs> oh, uh, you're unjust. You're not in line, but you're unjust. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to be, to be fair to the man, and to be honest. And one thing that is also interesting about this whole Carson Wentz situation is that Carson Wentz currently has two teams mm-hmm. in trouble because he has the Colts holding their breath and hoping that he's coming back, and then he has the Eagles who seem not to have properly planned this thing out because they gave him all of that money they've literally set fire to their cap this season because all of the Mm -hmm. dead money that they still owe him according Mm -hmm. to the cap and then when you see what the Eagles have done so far in preseason if I was in Philadelphia I would be very 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 nervous because you lost the first game to the Steelers 24-16 
All right, so the score is not that bad. But then you get shut out at home and you give up five touchdowns to the Patriots who are still trying to figure out if Matt Jones is, is going to be the guy or not. Like, what is going on what about, in Philly? What about, yeah. No, the, the city of brotherly love, they need to, to um, check some of that love and get a little stern with their <laughs> their franchise. So that was that was Wentz. Now, the other quarterback that we want to mention at this point is Dak Prescott. Now, remember, we talked last time about Dak Prescott's injury. And then we are hearing now that Dak might not be fit all year long, that he may actually be dealing with this, whatever this injury is called. I don't remember right now. That he might, be not, he might not actually recover until after the season. So, mm-hmm. AJ, do you trust that the Dallas Cowboys' offense is going to be good with a hobbled Dak Prescott? No, I don't trust it. No, I don't trust it. And, and you know, as usual, Jerry is talking. Uh, according, according to a report by FanDuel, it says that he was, Dak was suspiciously limited. That's, that's a quote. It's quote-unquote suspiciously limited, according to this report. And, of course, you know, Jerry, trying not to stoke the fire by offering the media some kind of meaningless tautologies about, um, well, I, I don't think we should worry about his injury at this point. He's here. The bottom line is he's here. Like, what, what, what are you saying? First of all, I want to know why we haven't heard Mike McCarthy. All we do is hear Jerry. Secondly, to get to your question, though, and, and this is where this ties in. Jerry is saying this because he knows that that offense, Jerry, as a football man, football man Jerry knows, this offense is not no good without Dak Prescott. And I've been critical of Dak in the past. You know that we've had our own discussions. However, the, this offense is no good without Dak. It's not. And, and that even uh, um, goes in, in uh, I'll go as far as saying, even I don't even think Zeke will be as productive without Dak. And who's, 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 who's the number two right now at the Cowboys? Uh, you're taking my points. Uh, ben DiNucci, <laughs> Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush, and oh, Garrett Jordan, Gilbert. Right. By the way, everyone, the... We, we do not prepare for this together. Just, just so you know, <laughs> we, we do our own separate prep. We do our own separate prep. Yeah. So, the, yeah. I, you know what? Let me not say anymore. I'll, I'll leave it as this: the Cowboys are in trouble if Dak Prescott is not fully fit all season. You go ahead, sir. So. My thing was last year, when we look at what happened to the Cowboys last year, now we know that the quarterback position is the most important position on an NFL franchise. We saw what happened with the Denver Broncos when they lost their entire quarterback room to COVID when they played against the Saints and they had three passes all game long. There is no way to compensate if your quarterback is not good unless you have a good backup. No, at least they were able to stay competitive because they had Andy Dalton in the building who is now supposed to be the starter with the Bears. When we look at this situation, no. Ben DiNucci is the backup. AJ, uh, no, remember, as I said in the opening, 
the Cowboys lost to the Texans in this game. The Cowboys are winless all through preseason. All right. Yeah. No, again, preseason, generally speaking, when you're looking at records and stuff, it really doesn't matter. You're, what you're looking for is production and progression with players and situational football. No, you asked about Ben Denucci, but you asked about who was the number two. And yeah, I told you I was, can't remember. I, but Denucci did have a game or two last season, didn't he? He did. He did right, because right, sorry. Dalton was also injured. So they right, had to bring right. him in. And he didn't look too bad. He looked okay for a third stringer. He looked mm-hmm. okay for a third stringer. Hey, did you want to hear what Ben Denucci did? Um, in this preseason game against the Texans? Give, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> ben DiNucci, 14 of 19 for 120 yards. Wait. And, and three in... <laughs> no, I mean, no, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> 14 of 19 yeah. for 120 yards. Yeah. Three interceptions. Zero touchdowns. Ooh. Ooh. And this is against the Texans. And this is against the Texans that everybody expects to be the worst team in football. Did the Texans even have like any many starters? Or I mean, I feel like that's a, a, a moot point, but still I'm just asking to try to I'm I'm trying to find some sort of justification for those numbers. <laughs> so the Texans, um their interceptions went between Terrence Brooks, who had six tackles, and the interception. Shane Carter, he had one interception. Shane Carter, he has to be a backup. He doesn't even have a squad number, according to what I'm looking at here. And he had three tackles, so you're not exactly looking at starting numbers. And then Lonnie Johnson Jr., who is, well, he had a pick six. Apparently, okay. in this game, he had okay. a big six. So, and he is a, he is a strong safety for the mm-hmm. Texans. So, there is nothing, there there is nothing mm-hmm. in quarterbacking mm-hmm. behind Dak for Dallas, and the fact that there is nothing behind him has to be a concern. No, we know he's coming back from the horrific ankle injury he had last season. No, he has an injury with his arm and his throwing. He is not practicing with the team. He's doing individual drills right now. We don't know how bad this injury actually is. And we might not be able to put stock in that playing the full 17-game slate. Mm -hmm. Because we also know that there have been changes on the offensive line. So chances are he may be under more pressure. He may be getting more hits. And as you said, if Dak is not good, then Zeke is going to have a problem because they're just going to load the box to stop him again. So mm-hmm. Dak is going to have he, he's going to have a long season if he lasts the entire season. So the Cowboys, they're only they're saving grace. Let me just make this one final point: their saving grace is that division. Yes, the saving grace is the division because it is very possible that again we could see three teams with a losing. Uh, with losing records in this division again this year. But we move. We'll see how this goes. Correct. And speaking of the division, that segues quite nicely into the next person on our list, Saquon Barkley. So we know Saquon, he popped up his knee last season. 
And he is supposed to be on track to maybe not play week one, but he's supposed to be back this season. He has yet to appear in the preseason so far. So AJ, do you think that Saquon is going to be back week one? And what are your prospects for him going forward? He hasn't appeared at all coming off of an ACL injury. Hasn't, hasn't made an appearance at all. I'm very skeptical that he's going to be ready for week one, very. And to be quite honest, I, I, I'm generally, I'm generally like a, a bit worried that he doesn't even, that he won't even be fit enough to compete this season. Or a dot, like, he, we we know we know that like, we know how Saquon plays. He's very dynamic, and and his movements are very. Um, I know the word the word. It's not coming to me like I'm at a loss for the word. But just in terms of how he actually moves, um, in his play, his style of play, and to come off an ACL injury, I I don't know, Ken. I I just don't trust it. Yeah, ask me ask me who do you trust? I don't trust Saquon at this point. I don't. So, I would like to see the guy play. I love to see the guy play, but I just don't trust it. Yeah, it's it is very difficult to trust it at this point. Um, I I really can't say that I I trust it either. He may be back for week one, but they said that they basically are going to be cautious with him. So even if he is back for week one, he's not getting the full Saquon load that he's had in the past. It is very difficult to predict what is going to happen with him and with the Giants' offense. He, Like I said, he hasn't played for the preseason. The starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, he also has not played for the preseason. They said that there's no injury with Daniel. He's just not playing him. And the again, similar to the Cowboys, when you look behind um, Daniel, then it was Brian Lurkey. Never heard of him. Um, 11 of 19 for 108 yards, a touchdown and interception. And good old Mike Lennon. He's oh, still, yeah, yeah, he's still okay. in the league. Okay. Mike's yeah. Still him both. Yeah, Mike is out there still catching, cashing checks, which yeah, I guess yeah. is more than you can say for some. Mike is still getting paid, but at this point, yeah, we, we are not expecting anything from Mike Glennon. So, I mean, remember, remember when Mike Glennon got um, picked up by the Bears when he was supposed to be like the, the starter for the Bears and then the Bears went out and drafted Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, and they had the, the viral meme of him screaming at the TV when he saw they picked the quarterback first. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old Mike Glennon. Good times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we are laughing at another man's pain, but I mean, <laughs> he's fine. It is, it is what it is. He's still yeah. getting, he's still cashing NFL checks. Correct, correct. He's fine. Yeah, but getting back to the question, Saquon mm -hmm. ready for week one? I don't think so. Even if he is playing, he is not going to be at full speed. We have no idea what that's going to look like as the season progresses. Hopefully, he'll stay fit and he'll get stronger as the year goes. But running backs coming back from ACLs, it could get a little bit dodgy. Mm -hmm. so, somebody else who's coming back from a, a bad knee injury as well is Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals 
he too has not yet played in the preseason. When you see him on the training field in practice, he still has a very big um, orthopedic piece on his knee. He has a very big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, that word is escaping me now. Um, a guard, brace. There brace, it is. Brace, yes. yeah. He has a large brace on his leg. Now, he, they're saying that he has been appealing to get onto the field to play in preseason. But obviously, Cincinnati, they are slow rolling him as well. They're trying to bring him along slowly because the worst thing that you can do is to bring a quarterback who is no coming back of yeah. a terrible knee injury. And especially in games that, especially for him, don't necessarily matter so much except for rhythm and timing. They're not going to play around with their franchise. And, you know, they've also done things to try to shore up the offensive line so that he doesn't get killed this season. Like he almost got killed last season. So, AJ, do you trust Joe Burrow and his knee, not just for week one, but do you trust him to make it through? the slate of the 17 games because nobody's picking Cincinnati to get to the playoffs. So yeah. 17 games, <laughs> 18 weeks and they're done. So what what are your thoughts where is Joe I, Burrow I, and his knee? I really like Joe Burrow. I, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I want to see him working with that with that trio, that um, Higgins boy, I know his boy, Jamar Chase. And I, I saw a report saying that even though he wasn't on the field for any games, that like he was doing some you know, reps on the side um, with, with Chase and so on. So, I mean, I'm of the impression that the guy is trying to work hard to get back to where he is. If I trust him to play the entire season, I do not. I have a thing with knee injuries, Ken. I am very skeptical of knee injuries. I've had injuries, I guess, and still do to both my knees. So, I, I, I and sometimes I could just be walking and, and this thing would start to ache me. So, I could only imagine how these guys in these sorts of situations... Uh, and, and how, as you said, him being a franchise player, how the, how the franchise is going to go about, like, trying to um, ingratiate him back into, you know, into the fold, essentially. They're not going to rush him because a knee injury is something you, you almost never really fully recover from, right? So I do, not, I do not trust him to be, to play 17 games. I don't. I... Again, this this week we we have lots of agreement because <laughs> I don't believe that he is going to be able to last the entire slate either. At least not from what we've seen and heard of the offensive line for the Bengals. Um, there are talks of that they're going to try to get him out there for some reps in this third preseason game because. He needs reps on the field. He needs to know that guys can be around him and at his feet and, you know, take a hit and fall down and get up and recognize that his knee is still okay. Right. The, the rules have also done things to try to make it safer for quarterbacks because nobody's supposed to be tackling him at his knees. So that should hopefully help. But until we can see him on the field and we can see how he is producing, how he is working off of that leg. Because even remember like Alex Smith with his bad leg break, mm -hmm. 
they were showing that his whole throwing motion and everything had changed because he wasn't planting and pushing off of the leg when he was throwing his leg was coming up off the ground. Yes. So we don't know how Burrow's motion and everything is going to be affected by this injury. There's way too much that we don't know. So we, we, we have to wait and see. I don't anticipate that he is going to last the entire 18 weeks. Chances are it, when they are completely out of contention, he may end up sitting just to give yeah. him some more time to rehab because, exactly, again, yeah. nobody believes that the Bengals are going to be playing meaningful games in January. No, just another aside. Mm-hmm. You may have mentioned of Jamar Chase. Chase is having some problems. Chase, oh, yeah. is, Chase is dropping everything. Um, he is not catching the ball. Yeah, right now, they are concerned. Maybe the Bengals are not saying that, you know, they're just saying, oh, you know, he was out for a year because he took the COVID year off and then he was drafted. So they're saying that (laughs) it's just some rust that he's trying to overcome, that he's going to be better over time. However, Chase has not been good in the preseason. And as I said, the prerequisite of being a wide receiver is not that you're fast, because if you're fast, you should go run track. The prerequisite <laughs> of being a wide receiver is that you have to catch the ball. Catch the ball, yeah. And right now, as a mean, yeah. And right now, he's not catching the ball, so. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know he was having those shovels. Come on, I yeah. like is Willie, is Willie Beeman and put the put some sort of adhesive in them. Well, I mean, the gloves themselves already are supposed to be very adhesive. What's the word? Adhesive. They're supposed to be able to, you know, help the wide receiver. But he needs to. Yeah, he he has some work to do to get himself ready for something to go for because I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, that is a problem. All right, so that brings us to the end of this week's. Who do you trust? So this week. AJ, it is your turn to tell the people what's going on. It is your turn with the final thoughts. So the floor is yours. All right. So at first, I I mentioned that it was going to be about the young players getting injured, but that just felt a little almost morbid, right? And and that was kind of too, because I saw something else that caught my eye. And I was like, nah, I, I don't even know if you know this. But I, I felt the need to mention it. So today, we're basically going back a little bit. This is memories don't live like people do. Ken, did you know that today, okay, so our show is going to be airing on the most of you viewers. Not most of you viewers are going to see this on Wednesday, but we're recording this on a Tuesday. So Ken, at this point now that we're recording today, August 24th, did you know that today is the day, it's two years on from the day that Andrew Luck retired from the course during a preseason game, you didn't remember that, did you? <laughs> I, I honestly did not. Yeah, no, I did not. Two years ago to the day that the news was announced while he wasn't on the sideline, but I know you remember this the visual of him walking off and then being booed by a cross section of the fans, and then you know, some were cheering, most were booing. Um, and then him having the press conference afterwards and basically breaking down into tears. You know, Andrew, Andrew was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had nothing left to give. He had nothing left to give. After being beat up, like, 
the Colts allowed the stuffing to be licked out of Andrew, Andrew Luck for years. Mm-hmm. The generational, supposedly, talent that he was, he was, he was beaten up year after year because they refused to fortify the man's O-line, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are now, two years down, <laughs> years on the line, and, and <laughs> what is said to be a team that essentially is all around more, uh, is all around better than what Andrew Luck had to contend with at, at his the stage of his career, right? To to in 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 terms of like getting back to the that Super Bowl that's eluded them since the the new Hall of Fame inductee and uh, and the member of the uh, um, football royal family, uh, um, Peter Manning left them to join your my Mile High City, right? Mm-hmm. Here we are, Ken. <laughs> a better oh the course now have a better O line. They have. A relatively good offense still, right? They have some, they added some pieces. The offense is good. Defense is supposed to be solid, right? And the one piece that they were missing, they have now essentially downgraded on. They have a walking injury and of a reclamation uh, project. You know Carson Wentz. I've I've been trying to vote for Carson Wentz for the last season or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the reality is Carson Wentz is in no way, shape, or form like in the shadow of Andrew Luck. Just, just imagine what could have been if this team was being marshaled by Andrew Luck. Ken, let just, just imagine, and, and we didn't have to worry about. Well, we didn't, we won't have to be having conversation. Well, you think when's going to be fit in week one? Well, if, even if he is, you think he's going to last the whole season? And both of us here agreeing that Carson Wentz is not going to last an entire season. Listen, <laughs> we know Andrew Luck is a good guy, so as he sits in 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 his big mansion during this offseason, and he, you know he's still going to be back in his course. Is, is, there's, there's never any bad blood with Andrew Luck because at the same time, he probably is uh, um, handing out compliments on the sidelines to, to some of these guys who are tackling the crap out of his course players, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just how he is. But I just want you to think about this. This, this, this. That's it. This is the end of it, right? This is the end of my final thought. I just want you to think about it. What could have been if this course team had Andrew Luck under center. I just had to bring that to you. That's my final thought for this week. It is interesting um, to consider what the courts would have been. No, when you say A, you have to say B. So chances are, if they had Andrew Luck, more than likely, they would not necessarily have the team that they have because they would not be drafting where they were drafting. That, which is very true as well. Which is very true. Because, as you said, Luck was a, a very great talent. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see what the Colts would be if they still had Andrew Luck under center. I mean, if he were to decide, I'm coming out of retirement, he would walk into that starting position today, not even tomorrow. Easy. Today, <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, we we can play the what if game. I know there are some Colts fans that are telling Eagles fans that they want their money back. They want everything <laughs> that they give up back to get back uh, to just hand Carson Wentz back to them. And I was saying the game trying to push push the ticket back and say, "I want this. I want this." <laughs> I um I have my own. Issues to do with. I'm glad that Casabes is not one of them. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave it there. 
So that brings us to the end of this week's show. Again, like, subscribe, tell a friend, hit the bell so that you know whenever an episode drops. The fantasy spot is going to be tomorrow for you, but it's tonight for us because we're about to record that next. So <laughs> if you are interested in the fantasy league, reach out, let us know. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. If you have my number, you can message me on WhatsApp. Let us know. We are still looking for some more folks because the season is getting close and we want to get this thing going as soon as week one starts. AJ, do you have anything you want to plug for the people? Anything you want to tell them about? No, I think you just kind of wrapped everything up nicely with a board. Eh? I'm, I'm not even going to touch your, your presentation at this point. You're good. You're good. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time. Again, as always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. We will see you next time.